Welcome to Troweling Down, Biblical Archaeology for the 21st Century. I'm Gary Byers. This is Dr. Steve Collins, our resident rock star and pottery star. And um, the last time we, we had just gotten back from Tal al-Hammam for our eight-week excavation, and uh, you finished by saying that it was sort of the, the icing on the cake, the cherry on top, this final eight-week season just sort of finished off uh, leftists with plenty of questions, new, new questions, but just kind of finished off things that we've been trying to understand. It was amazing. And so you had me talk a little bit about what I found, but um, last time, give us some other stuff that was just amazing from this season and what it's, what it's been saying to you since we found it. Um, there, were, there were several finds um, that, that came to bear that I can't talk about. Yes. Um, I can't talk about it until we uh, uh, get a little further down the road and we've had a chance to uh, publish some, some of this stuff. Yeah. And so, so sometimes we're sort of prohibited from just laying it all out there and showing pictures or anything like that. But um, one of the things that I thought was really, really interesting this season and has never happened to us on the upper city, on the lower city, we excavated through the early Bronze Age, taking us back to the fourth millennium BC. Yeah, we we had the third millennium BC uh, um, IB stuff, and which this we stuff. have right here in front of us. Well, we had the Middle Bronze One, the Middle Bronze Two period, and uh, but on the upper city, we had only ever seen the surface Iron Age material, the more surfacey Iron Age material, the Middle Bronze Two and the Middle Bronze One period a little bit. But we had never seen, in terms of dwellings and any kind of architecture or living surfaces from either the Intermediate Bronze Age or going back before that, the Early Bronze Age. Well, in one particular uh, set of squares over in Field UC, where Mark Strong, one of our doc students, was directing the excavations there, uh, they were unable... Uh, they were able, what did I say unable? Uh, they were able to get down deeper yeah. than I thought they would. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking, okay, they're going to get another really good look at the Middle Bronze Age at Tal Hammam outside the palace, mm -hmm. but still in the elite area, mm -hmm. the sort of aristocratic elite segment of the city, the upper city, but outside the palace. And so it was very interesting. Couple, there were so many little things going on there. Number one, uh, as I recall, as I sort of go through the finds in my mind, there was very little or no palaceware. Correct. Very little. Some, now very that, little. Now that, a little bit, but yeah. that could be coming, in the nature of our destruction of it, could have been coming from the palace, which is just about a, what, 75, 70, 100 meters in, yeah. to the southwest. Yeah. But for the most part, the vessels, and quite a few whole vessels, mm -hmm. uh, were not decorated in the palaceware style. No. And that was interesting because we've been saying that the palaceware, that's what we call it, palaceware, the multi-slipped crossed white palaceware pottery uh, was very different than anything we had ever seen. Pretty much different than anybody has ever seen because I've, I've talked to so many scholars about it who are experts in the, in the Middle Bronze Age pottery and they've never seen anything like this stuff. But um, it, it was going to be interesting to see if we could find any of it really existing on the upper city outside the palace. And lo and behold... It just was, it was almost systematically absent except for some sherds, which mm -hmm. may have blown, blown in. in 
fallen in from, from the Southwest. So um, I thought that was interesting. Yes. I just thought, you know, um, there's something special about that palace and about whoever was ruling in that palace who put down some rules about the kind of service uh, that they would get in the palace and the kind of pottery that would the dinners would be served on and it was and even stored in because some of the mm -hmm. some of the mm -hmm. jars the yes. just the everyday garden variety storage jars in the palace are are surface treated with this cross yes. wiping yes. that is so distinct to the palace yeah. only now last time when we were on i talked about the uh, two infant jar burials and the the women that would have been working the bread ovens there in the palace so just take a minute uh, the upper city is 20, 21 acres, maybe. Um, uh, how much of the upper city is, is the palace, do you suppose? You would say a third of that, maybe? Seven? I've, I've never put it together in terms of an acre. Maybe a, maybe the palace footprint would occupy maybe a third of an acre? A, th a, a third of an acre. Still pretty good size. I mean, the footprint of the palace is about the foot, is just a little bit bigger than the footprint of the White House. Right. I think that's, I would think yeah, it'd be more than 30, whatever it is. 1,300 and some odd square meters. So outside of the palace on the upper city, you just said probably just the elite, maybe some royal family members, but certainly uh, military administrative officials, um, maybe some just flat out wealthy business people. That would be all that lived up there. And that's, right. those are the houses that we were talking about right. the area you were just digging. And then the ladies that were working in my kitchen would have been from the lower city. They would have been from the lower city or maybe in a hamlet near the city. Yeah, yeah. So that's how our site would have, would have looked. Um, wealthy homes up there around the palace and then down below would be the places where, um, where you and I and Danny and Larissa would have lived yeah. down in the lower city. <laughs> uh, okay, so, um, so that, that early stuff um, a friend of ours wrote a book, a German friend of ours wrote a book, um, can't say it in German, but it says, the, the title is The Bible is Right. And, uh, and in that, he had a chart that you pointed out to me. Um, he talked about an earthquake that happened in the region, and he attributed what we had at Tal al-Hamam to that earthquake in about 2050 B.C., yeah. And one day you said, I think we found that earthquake in that area you yeah, were just Yeah, and discussing. we had found it in, in uh, several places on the lower city. Yes. Where we saw the shaken down bricks and how they were fallen and tumbled yeah. and how they just basically brought in dirt and leveled up over the, yeah. the fallen bricks and broken bricks and, and just went up their house from there. And yes. just kind of rebuilt, remodeled. Um, but we ran into, uh, by the way, we got under the Middle Bronze One. I mean, under the Middle Bronze too. We found the Middle Bronze One dwellings. We found IB dwellings underneath that and EB dwellings underneath that. So it was, I mean, we, Mark got down pretty low and it just went through the whole sequence. It was very exciting to me to see the whole sequence of occupation at Tal Hamam, uh, at the Tal Hamam lower city on the upper city, right in the middle of the upper city. And so that, that quite nicely confirms that the upper city and the lower city were fully occupied during all those periods. Now let me just remind everybody, you said the Middle Bronze II period, that's the time of the destruction. That's that, that that's, one meter of destruction I was talking which about. Which is the biblical time of Abraham. And then below that, 
the Middle Bronze One period was the, the start of the, of the major palace complex and that upper city that we're used to. And then below that were the earlier periods that we didn't know for sure were up there, figured they were, but we found them really for the first yeah. time. And again, very similar to what's on the lower city. Yes. The same people in the EB and the IB, same family, and the MB, all, re all the same family, living essentially in the same houses on the same footprint, just kind of moving up a little bit. Yeah. Just kind of, get, you know, the layer of the floor gets changed, the multiple floors and coming on up. But when we got down to bedrock, and we got down to bedrock in, in a couple of areas where it was literally the, um, this cobbly, geologically, it's sort of like a, 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 a moraine left behind mm -hmm. by glaciers mm -hmm. by, the, by the last ice age. And so um, it's just very cobbly stuff. Uh, it's not a cobble surface laid down by people. It's a bunch of cobbles laid down by a, by a retreating glacier. Mm -hmm. But um, we found all the pottery, the early bronze, the intermediate bronze, the middle bronze one and middle bronze two, sherds of pottery going all the way down to that level, mixed, mm. which tells me that the people who were living, and we were very careful to take all the pottery that was right on that that surface, bedrock surface, and to wash everything and to look at everything. And when we did, we discovered that all of those periods are represented in that pottery. And they're all, that, obviously, that bedrock level remained cleared, yeah. remained used yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. But as you were saying, there was an event at one point, there was an event, big earthquake, and we'd seen it. It's in the interface. It's in the transition between the Middle Bronze One period or the IB Two period and the Middle Bronze One period. So sometime around 2100 BC. This says IB Two jars right here. Yeah. So this is this is this period. This is when the earthquake happened, and then on top of that, there was something brand new. So there was a bunch of tumbled bricks, and in those tumbled bricks, um, amidst the tumbled bricks, with, tum with bricks on top, we found the skeleton uh, of a person we think is a woman. There is a possible infant. We found one or two smaller bones sort of in the mix. And then two leg bones over here that don't seem to be hers sort of sticking out of the balk, and we weren't at able to, to excavate that or retrieve those. But there's like two femur ends or two leg bones or something coming out, and, they're, and her spine is going this way and that way, and she's really in a bad way. She had one hand like this, as if in a just a, a reactive, just natural position to, to protect herself. So she is duck and cover mode, yeah. just un yeah. unconsciously duck and cover. And because the, the house is falling. Yeah. And in her left hand, she winds up on her side, sort of bent in half uh, from, the, from the falling bricks. On her side, with her, with her hand like this, covering the side of her face, and her left hand held close to her chest. And in that hand is another piriform juglet. Like the ones in those infant jar burials. Yeah. So she was carrying a juglet. And over the top of her, right, not necessarily over her, we have to look at the levels, but there was a middle bronze 
jug and a bowl. Right. It's like it's almost as, as if she were carrying wow. that jug, juglet in one hand and the bowl and the pitcher sitting within it in the other hand. And as soon as the earthquake started to shake and debris started to fall from above, she began to duck. She dropped the bowl and the jug and began to cover for her own protection, but she never let go of the juglet. Huh. And she died in that huh. position. Wow. And that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. Now, you and I uh, and got, got to work and gleaned out some, what we hope are good uh, radiocarbon uh, samples, samples of carbonized wood, carbonized beams, mm -hmm. hopefully. I don't think we found any grain or short life samples in that mix. But um, I hopefully we'll get uh, a good range of yeah. dates that will help us to date this event. Mm -hmm. But we're almost positive what it is yeah. because the pottery dates to the Middle Bronze One period, to the early part of the Middle Bronze Age. This would be that transition period from the IB2 to the MB1. So to me, that would be extremely exciting because we actually then have a person who was uh, who was killed in that event? Now we probably have like one minute. Lisa says I got two minutes. So um, uh, we found Bert and Ernie on the other end of the palace, on this, the uh, southern end of the palace, and uh, they had good teeth, and uh, that's what the uh, folks at the uh, at Harvard Medical Center, whatever that's, can't think of the name of it. Yeah, the DNA lab at Harvard. Yeah, Medical DNA School. lab at Harvard Medical Center. They got two of our guys nicknamed Bert and Ernie, and they got their teeth, and we did get word that they've done the analysis. We're just waiting on the results. Waiting on the results. And these are two of our Middle Bronze two guys who died in the big destruction event. In the destruction. Do we have, are we going to have some, some um, DNA material to find from this lady, this person? Yes. So we'll have something with Bert and Ernie. Team. We just had the upper dentition because mm -hmm. they were pretty much blown to smithereens. Uh, this one we have all the dentition, upper and lower, wow. so we have all the teeth. So um, we will get good DNA. Now, this okay. this event, I think if, we'll see how our radiocarbon dates hold up. But pottery-wise, it predates the other event by probably somewhere around three. 300, 300 years. years. Yeah. So we'll, uh, and when we do this study, the DNA study, we'll be able to find out the sex of the individual, um, something about their age, of course their health, uh, but um, where they've been, their, their Even DNA with Even iso with isotopic analysis, yeah. we might be able to tell if they were well-traveled or never left home. Yeah. So very exciting stuff. What we're able to find, but what science is now doing in archaeology. A lot of great information. Stay tuned. We'll keep you posted as it comes forth. We're glad to have you join us today. Join us again next time, Traveling Down, Biblical Archaeology for the 21st Century.